Hey, hey, guys, and welcome to the Straight Up Show podcast. I am your host, Calvin, joined by my two co-hosts, Brandon and Lee. And today we have uh, some new faces today, some old faces too, but we're going to just dive right into it. Today we have filmmaker uh, Lee, uh, not Lee, I'm sorry. We have filmmaker Mitch, old college friend of ours. Mitch, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, man. All right. And we have coming again, our old panelist from college on the original TV show, Straight Up, Christina. How you doing today? Um, okay well nice to have you on the show and joining us once again is dr thompson morning thompson a psychologist in dallas and uh dr thompson how are you doing today doing great glad to be back very glad to support this podcast you guys are doing great work all right thank you so much and dr thompson can you introduce our newest guest host yes glad to i have my 17 year old daughter with me today her name is tamia thompson she's a published author um, she has a book out called 13 that she wrote when she was 13, published when she was 14. And in it is a collection of, of essays and poems about um, freedom and what it means to be a black um, person in America. Um, and what in particular it meant for her to be able to work through self-acceptance. And um, even uh, there's a poem in there to her little sister as well um, about her role in her life. So she um, has a lot of commentary on the world and she is usually she gets what we call her Harriet Tubman stage around 11 p.m. every night um, she's, but so this is early for her <laughs> this is early for her um, but um, I think the lion is awake and she's excited to be here Tamia. Thank you well, for having me. Uh, you're welcome and thank you for joining us and Tamia we definitely need more like you and, and basically all of y'all thank you so much for coming on the show because we do need a lot of people like y'all on the show, which is one reason why I uh, requested you all uh, to come on the show. And one thing, Dr. Thompson, you said, and we're gonna go ahead and jump right into this right now. The lion has awakened. Mm -hmm. And that comes in the form of angry Americans, angry even now at the time of this recording, people globally are getting mad because we actually ended one of our very, uh, our latest show uh, about Asian discrimination when we had Dr. Thompson on. And we had to go back and re-edit that episode because at the time we recorded, video came out of Amar uh, Arbery uh, getting chased down and killed by two people who suspected he was a burglar uh, in their neighborhood, okay? So previously we had another episode to air today, uh, but we chose to stop everything. And we had to discuss what's going on right now. And that's the killing of George Floyd uh, by four officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and this time it was filmed just like a mod. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back. And people are mad. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. People are looting. People are rioting. People are breaking things. People are going on social media, venting. And I'm going to start off with Mitch. Mitch, uh, we've known you for a long time. Uh, Dr. Thompson, to me, I don't know you as well. But, you know, you've been, you've been vocal about this. And Mitch is a Caucasian American. Uh, he doesn't have to be vocal at all. Uh, but Mitch, just tell us, you just got through protest. And quickly, just tell us, uh, why did you think you had to go protest uh, today? Well, I, I, I don't want to say like um, that I wouldn't have to, you know, it's right. not like that. It's, it's, it's more like I, I also and just really sick and tired of waking up morning after morning, 
seeing these viral videos of all this injustice going on, um, you know, I began to really become aware of this um, several years ago um, through social media, especially around the time uh, when Philando Castile uh, was killed and just really all this coming out and realizing as a white person that, you know, this is nothing new. It's just, it's just being recorded more. And I, I think that if you're, if you're a decent person and you're exposed to this kind of stuff, you, you have no other option than to express yourself some way. I know other people express themselves in other ways. They don't feel like they are cut out to protest or, or whatever. Um, but for me personally, I mean, I can't and I never will understand completely, but I have also experienced um, like situations where officers have um, threatened me and, you know, tried to get me to force me to lie in situations. And it's just, it's just frustrating to me to know that people who are supposed to be protecting and serving uh, are, are a threat and that people have to live in fear um, you know, whether or not they're going to, they're going to make it home to their family uh, when they get pulled over or just for walking down the street or, or a, a number of things, you know, anything really. And I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I, I will never fully understand what it's like from your perspective, for instance, but from my perspective, it's, um, it's, it's angering. Like um, I can't, I can't just, sit by and and do nothing and to me that's that's the bare minimum i can do is show up to a protest and you know march with people i mean that, that really is the bare minimum you know so right well i'm pretty sure uh people out there uh thank you and not just because it's uh, a color or a race thing thank you for just speaking out on uh, what's wrong uh and christina you served in our military and you've probably seen a lot. You travel the world. And once again, I want to thank you for serving for us, uh, once again, for our freedom. Uh, as someone who's in the mil who was in the military, I mean, how do you feel? I mean, because you've seen, you know, you've had the police. You've had to be out there on the forefront, you know, in the, in the, in the field. How do you feel about this? Heavy. Um, that's about the best way I can put it. It's, it almost feels like a betrayal for something you get, gave so much of an oath and a big part of yourself for to witness all of these things that you really had hope and you felt camaraderie building and then in the blink of an eye one death over a hundred, you know, it, it's just so sudden and everything around you just starts falling apart. All of these brotherhoods and sisterhoods and all the progress goes away into nothing. It, it, it really does almost just make you, you just wanna sit still and let it go, but you can't do that. So you have to find your own place and your own voice in this. And I'm still trying to find that right now. So I'm not going to 
give too much of an opinion at this very moment. <laughs> I'm going to pass it over to someone else right now. No, and that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. And uh, I can respect that decision. I'm pretty sure we all can, because like I said, it's a brotherhood that uh, you've had and it's just, it's heavy right now. And going with that heaviness and just seeing people frustrated and uh, mad and angry and people are actually, you know, kind of just fighting back. Well, you got what you wanted. Yeah, the police officer was arrested. You got what you wanted. And what now? What more are y'all complaining about now? Dr. Thompson, uh, I want to bring you in. I mean, it, I don't want to go too much into this because, I mean, we all are watching TV. We all see our phones. We know what's going on. There's no need to remind you what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just hearing Mitch and Christina first and speaking to your daughter, you know, mm-hmm. what can you tell us about how people are, and this is probably going outside of your profession right now. This is you being older than us and seeing things like this, you know, before we were born. Like, can you just give us not only your professional opinion, but just trying to tell us, like, how can we cope with this? I mean, how can we, I woke up crying this morning. Like, and that's just me being for real. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know how to feel. I'm mad, I'm upset, but I can't be mad for people who are riding and looting. But at the same time, I'm like, that's not gonna be progress. But, and like Christina, she is part of a brotherhood. And it's just like, how do we feel? We're, we're confused. Well, so the one thing that I want to say that you're doing right now is one of the most important tasks is do something with the energy, do something positive with their energy, um, and don't allow yourself to become complacent because you feel overwhelmed. Um, One of the challenges that we might experience in a situation like this is feeling like whatever small effort you're doing, that it is not going to make a big enough impact is simply not the case. Um, if you are a friend, you can be a better friend by helping just, you know, support the posts that are out there, the Twitter feeds that are out there that are promoting the truth and promoting the messages that you want people to get. If you have an uncertain friend, and I want to just be clear that everybody's not on one side or the other on this, and you may discover from being, you know, this is social media now, you can see people's real thoughts. You may discover that you have a friend who's on the opposite side of the issue. Make it your business. Um, to influence change, even within your own social circle. Anything you do, count that impact. Everyone doing something toward a change means we get somewhere. If none of us do anything, then that means that the people who are doing the opposite have an impact. So don't discount your power, don't discount your impact, and the pain you feel, trust that pain. That means that something needs to be done you'll feel peaceful when you've done what you can and let that energy motivate you to do something, something powerful, something positive. It's similar to the grief process. So think about when you've ever experienced a huge loss or if you're in athletics, whenever you've lost a very important game, it's painful and you sit there for just a second and catch your breath and then your next step is strategy. Okay, shake this off. What did I learn? What can I do? And you jump back in. And so similarly in this situation, America, you know, what did we learn? What can we do? Well, unfortunately, we became aware that this event that people talked about all the time, I mean, what was it? Um, At the police, when did they come out? It was my time, right? Right. 91. The Vietnam vets who came back were like, we were treated like you. So this isn't new. This is not new, right? 
Um, it's not new for marginalized communities to be treated if you've um, kept up with the world. It is not new for a community to be dominated by a larger group. Um, you look at South, South Africa and apartheid, this is not new, but what causes change is for people to group together and not rest until change is made. So if I can encourage that, but you allow your anger, you allow your unrest, you allow that to fuel you to do something and to keep at it until you change your purpose. Um, in the meantime, I mean, this is now this is me being the therapist. Don't go crazy over this. Right. Have some, like, have, have some love. <laughs> have some love in your life, right? Have some love in your life. So, um, and I, I mean that seriously. I'm sure if you guys are familiar with some of the things that happened, for example, in the Black Panther Party, um, some of them being so involved in the movement, their family, their own families suffered. Um, so you want to literally have some love in your life. You, you've got family, you've got friends that you know ground you, get some relief there, and then clock back in. This podcast is critical. Podcasts like this are critical. They keep momentum going on the truth, and they are critical. If somebody's not listening to this podcast, they're listening to something else. They're being misinformed, they're being misguided. Or they're just jumbling up amongst themselves and not getting anything to move forward. So this is a very important thing to do and keep that energy going to keep you moving forward. That's okay. And 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 you're right. And I totally agree with you uh, on that. Um, Lee, have you been seeing people like anti, like they just they they see people complaining, but they're like, well. You know, how does it make you feel to see people like, well, we just don't care what y'all think, you know, just, well, y'all should stop. Just, why do you think people, and I'm going to say especially uh, the Caucasian American uh, community, why do you think they're not, I guess, understanding or they don't feel as sympathetic? Um, it's it's kind of bizarre. Uh, just kind of on the, almost on the outside looking in, like even through social media and stuff with, even to the extent of like my own family and stuff. What I don't understand about, I guess, white people as a whole, my, my people, why, why do we give so much more humanity to, to brands and corporations than we do our fellow people? Like when, when, when all the riots first started, the biggest thing I saw was, oh my God, they destroyed the target. Why do we care about the target so much? Like, uh, I mean, a man died. A man was killed by the police, and this has rev uh, reverberated around the world, you know, worldwide. This, uh, this isn't just an isolated thing. This isn't just one city rioting. This is happening around the world right now. These people have a reason to, to be upset, to be mad. Why are we trying to take that from them? I, I just do not understand that about my community, I guess you could say. And Mitch, do you have anything to add to that? I do. Um, I think one of the main problems um, with white people in general in this issue is that they are comfortable with the status quo for the most part because it benefits them. And, you know, like revolution, change, things like that is, is big and scary because they don't know what's on the other side of that. You know, it's like, oh, well, everything's working perfectly for me. You know, like, oh, I don't have to, I don't have to live in fear every day of systemic racism um, or being targeted like the black community has. 
So it's like for the, for a lot of people, and I, I I share this with Lee too. Like even people in my own family, you know, that I find myself having to to get in these you know online dis- debates with or or whatever. Um, I th- I think that's the biggest thing is just not it it doesn't affect them personally, and therefore they don't care. But the idea that their favorite stores um, could be shut down or looted is, is really scary. And that's, that's what hit, hits them. And it, it's, it's really ignorance, really, or, you know, willful or, or otherwise. Um, but, you know, I, I, share, I share Lee's sentiment on that for sure. And I want to talk about somebody in the room that, you know, we're older. Just, these are people, we got, we got, what made me cry this morning was see a video of a 46-year-old black man, angry, screaming, ready to throw stuff and tear stuff up. There was a 31-year-old black man screaming at him, saying, hey, stop. This is not the way we're going to do this. Stop. He said, why not? I'll die for my rights. I'll die. And then there's a 16-year-old black man with a scarf on his face, a young African-American man, and listens to the whole thing. And the 31-year-old guy says, look, he's angry. I'm angry. You're angry. Is your duty to do this differently. It's your duty to do this differently. And I say this because this kid is 16. To me, you were 13. And you wrote your book. 13. And this is, what, you're 17 now? It's four years ago. I just want to know what people your age group are looking at this and seeing and, and just seeing how people are processed. Is this something that have you ever seen anything like this outside of like what you see in history books? I mean, the closest frame of reference that we have is um, Ferguson. And that wasn't too long ago and it wasn't really on the same scale as this is. And a lot of the frustration from my generation that I've seen is us wanting to do something, but we feel like we can't, I guess, largely because of our age, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Feeling, yeah, feeling like we're too young to actually get out there and do something about it. All right, Tamia, thank you so much for telling me that. And so just tell me, like, how, how is it just, I mean, you all, you were 17, you're you're senior in high school, you just finished. I mean, this is just a crazy year to be a senior in class of 2020, like, you got COVID going on, you know, graduation, and, and now this. Like, I just want to know, how are you just, this is a lot to throw at you before you start your journey and your new life. Yeah. Um, well, especially um, in terms of senior events, that was something that bothered me a lot, um, not being able to have a normal graduation, you know, with family and everything. Um, but the way that my community especially has kind of embraced all of the seniors to help us, I guess, feel like we have some sense of normalcy. Um, I know my city had, um, a drive-through graduation parade where the cars, um, they had a group of, I think, like seven people, um, in their cars drive to all the seniors' houses to celebrate them. So that has helped a lot, but, um, with COVID and then all the protests going on and all of the chaos, it's just overwhelming for sure for um, myself and a lot of my fellow class of 2020 graduates. Um, But I do think that 
we also feel kind of ready to take on anything now. Um, we've done something that nobody else really has already just graduating um, during all of this. So we, it's hard, but we also feel prepared for the world a little bit more. Yeah, and that's my, that's my, and that does show how strong you all are, not just you, but uh, definitely your class. And that's my biggest fear for y'all is that, you know, it will be overwhelming to make that next step now because going to college won't be like going to college, you know, because let me tell you one thing about college, especially at our school, what we all went to, it'll be packed for the first two months. And then when, once we get those refund checks, the school gets empty. Am I right, y'all? I was not a part of that uh, community. I mean, I wasn't either. I'd just like to point that out. I wasn't either, but I remember how it was not finding a parking spot at school. Oh, and then yeah. like two months later, you know, you, got, you can go walk to the D building and actually get a parking spot. Well, I, that, that's the easier thing to miss out on. Yeah, but, that's, but it's small stuff like that that they probably <laughs> won't get a chance to even experience. And I'm not saying that people are targeting and blowing up schools right now. But people are frustrated, and they have to see this right now. And um, mm -hmm. I think one thing that makes me upset is that I'm flushed. I am mad that we could see George Floyd die like that. And just to see this, I don't know if any of y'all actually seen the video. I mean, I'm not pretty sure you saw clips of it. But if you watch that video, you can see this. I don't want to give this officer praise at all. Uh, but you can see this officer's face is nonchalant no care in the world this guy is screaming for his mom this guy is screaming for his life and this guy is like i don't care like christina can you tell me like how do you how did you feel to seeing like that that image you know what i mean how did you how did you feel seeing that image that that whole video i did watch it um when you first see it, you, you, can't, you can't really focus on the officer in that moment because you're, you're staring at this man who is pleading for his life. And now you have this officer with his knee in the side and the back of his neck. I had a different reaction to this because of my background with um, having to detain and knowing how to handle these situations. He does not seem bothered at all. He is not bothered by that. I can take that back. He clearly wants to cause this man discomfort and pain. I think he thought he would die from it. I think he thought the man was just saying what needed to be said for him to get off of him. And that indifference to what's actually happening, his indifference was just mind-blowing. But it wasn't surprising. It wasn't surprising right. at all. For one, for one you, that's not even the placement. They keep defending the placement of his knee, and that's just incorrect. You're supposed to put it on the nape of the, the nape of the neck, like in between the shoulder blades, and he's clearly not doing what he's supposed to do, and you only do it long enough to restrain them, and then you remove all body pressure from them, basically. And that watching the whole thing, and I'm just, I'm just calling out all these things that he's doing so wrong, that, that he's clearly just wanting to cause this man physical injury and life-threatening injury because he can. It was, so, it was horrible to witness that. 
and you've had tactical training and and you're just saying that none of this was right at all none of it and and the Uh, also the indifference that all four of these officers clearly see they have a uh, a, a audience out there watching them do this and they're they're just trying to keep people away but they're not not even one officer said okay let's let's get him up let's get him off the ground let's let's check his neck they didn't they didn't care and it, it, it there, there's no real way other than to say they just wanted to hurt him <laughs> flat out and that's and that's just that's hearing if you're listening to this that's 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 a person of the United States military telling you this. So if you're still defending this, this person, Christina, has had tactical training. She's dealt with this stuff and she's telling you it's not right. And so some of y'all defending this stuff, it's, it's not right. Not right at all. All right, uh, so the biggest thing is we've had enough. (laughs) We've had enough. And people are rioting. People have different motives with these riotings and lootings. People are stealing stuff. I just want to go around the table right quick. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Lee. The rioting and the looting, we know it's not right, but what's your take on the rioting, the looting, and uh, amidst the, the protesting? Um, what, what, one, one thing I've taken away from, like, the rioting, the looting in particular, um, I've been watching a lot of, like, CNN over the last couple of days. Like, my husband has a thing on our direct TV where he can watch, like, all three of the big news channels at once and mm-hmm. just kind of flip between them. Um, so we've been, like, watching a lot of these events happen in real time. Um, but the looting, I, like, I, I forget exactly which channel it was. I think it was CNN, but they had basically a reporter there covering someone looting a, star, a Starbucks. And it, I didn't see a single black person go into that Starbucks to steal things. It was white people. It was my people. And it's, it's people taking advantage of a bad situation to do... I don't want to say equally bad because it is, it is not. A life was taken. I'm, I'm sorry right. about your property, but a property not worth the human life. Right. I, I, I don't care about your vintage cups, Starbucks. Let them walk away from it. I do not care. This man died. Um, I, I, you know what? That, that's, that's my opinion. Someone died, so I don't care about your property. That's, that's my opinion. And so, and just like still with this conversation, I'm still going around the table. I'll, Tamina, I'll go with you. Uh, these people, and like I said, Lee said that it's your property, a life was taken, I don't care. But just going with the same uh, question, like how do you feel about this, especially and then uh, some people are, are categorizing these people as thugs. And today I heard loads come of the earth. Uh, what's your take on the, re- the rioting and the looting and just being classified as a thug or just, you know, seeing all this stuff? Honestly, um, I kind of share that sentiment of property can be replaced, a life can't. Um, And then on top of that, from what I've seen, um, a lot of my friends who are 
um, going to Howard next year that I've correct, connected with um, over Twitter have been going to protests and sharing videos and photos of everything going on. Um, and, and here in Dallas as well, I have seen a lot um, indicating that protests have been peaceful until escalation um, by law enforcement that showed up. Um, so that's really, I guess, the gist of my take on it. Um, yeah. Okay. That's if fine. you don't mind me asking, um, yes. Tamia, out of all of this, what what has struck you the most? What was the only thing? What well, what 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 pulled the biggest shock for you from this? Because you're you're younger than us. We're not that old. I'm I'm 29, um, but I, I I suppose I'm wanting to know what do you overall feel like? What image that you can't shake from all of this? Um, I guess if I had to, to pinpoint one particular image that I, that struck me, um, and I saw this on Twitter last night, I, I believe, um, there was a reporter who, um, was shot in the eye with a rubber bullet and there's an image of, um, the blood just running down her face. And I, I believe she's permanently blind in that eye now. Um, yeah, that, that definitely struck me. So just just to seeing like the destruction of a protest, like somebody not really you know rioting or looting, but just seeing the outcome of a hey, basically uh, what we're hearing, uh, we saw on Twitter, uh, if you loot, we shoot, and that's basically what you're saying. Like basically, somebody's gotten shot in the eye, just trying to cover the story, report the story, and now they're permanently blind. Yeah. Um. And even on top of that, um, I've been at home pretty much all the time, but my friends who have been um, traveling in and out of the DFW area today, my friend actually sent me a video that has still, since I saw it, is, is stuck with me of two young black girls who look to be about my age in the grass, handcuffed with two officers standing over them. Wow. So, yeah. Mitch, when you when when you hear Tamia say stuff like this, and just you know, not saying that uh, it will permanently scar her, uh, I don't know how it would, but because uh, like Dr. King said, we will overcome. Uh, just to hear that and being labeled as a thug and stuff like that, and hearing seeing two black girls just, I would assume you heard your friend, her friends are educated, but just seeing these girls just pinned down and arrested on the grass, uh, what do you think, man? Oh, I mean, personally, I, I I think law enforcement needs to be held far more responsible than like I don't think I don't think justice is is done um, because one man was arrested. You know, I think that's what all of these protests are about too, is the systemic racism um, that happens every day. So I mean, it 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 hurts my soul. You know, I mean, that's why that's why I. I feel so strongly about those issues is because now I feel like we're living in a world where we have to choose, you know, what affects us more and, you know, what offends us more because it's just a constant barrage of images and videos um, coming out that if, you know, it, it's, it's hard to stay informed and also sane at the same time. And, um, I also want to touch a little bit on on what Lee was saying too about um, 
you know, like white people starting a lot of this, this, this rioting stuff. Cause I just came from a protest and it was completely peaceful. And the only person that I saw, um, being, um, belligerent belligerent was actually an older white lady. Now there were two members, um, of something called the sons of Confederacy there. They were right. there trying to protect the, the monuments downtown. Um, so there, there were people speaking, uh, on the steps. These people were actually distracting from those speeches. There were, there were two of them. Um, you know, they had signs, um, that they had placed on the monuments. Um, so it was actually an older white lady who came up and started trying to break the signs, starting stuff. Um, and I think it's important, um, for allies like me to realize that like, the best thing that you can do is, is to show up and help, you know, and if there are, you know, people, uh, people of color telling you don't do this thing, we don't, it's not about that. You, we need to listen because this isn't an excuse for us to riot or um, to, to, to get, you know, the revolution we've always wanted or, or whatever. It's not, it's not about that. It's about listening um, it's about being available um, to be a help. Um, you know, I think that's important, uh, to, you know, to realize. And also, I mean, my opinion on the writing is, I mean, it, it's more like a revolution. You know, right. I, I'm not, I'm not even comfortable calling it a riot fully because what other, I mean, what other choice do you have especially and i mean i don't, I don't know if, i don't mean to get too political but like with the president like we have now i mean who's tweeting those things as you say like what a, what reaction do you think people are gonna have you know and as for like the news media and i've been seeing that as well like um journalists being arrested or shot at and stuff i think I think that's a direct result of that whole fake news rhetoric and false narrative and pandering. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it definitely hurts my soul to see all this stuff going on, you know? Yeah. And I, I want to address this and I really want to, I actually want to do a podcast episode about this, but the way speaking of, and I don't know how Brandon feels about this, but we lead too, but we've worked in news, you know, for a minute. You know, and I look at people who call quote unquote fake news as a professional wrestler and they say that wrestling is fake. That's kind of how I look at it. You know, we know that some people don't cover a lot of stuff. People have agendas and stuff like that. But, you know, we know how to source things out. We know how to read sources until what's real or what's not real. But for people to say that, oh, it's fake news, like, oh, you know, this person getting arrested, that's probably at stage. No. Like, no, man. Like, and one thing I saw, which people were trying to attack the CNN building. They busted it open and everything. Like, and here's the thing, and I watched this very closely. They weren't attacking the CNN building. They did. They weren't trying to blow CNN up. But it was, they saw the cops, and they were going to the cops. So once the cops moved away from the building, nobody was guarding CNN at the time. And the riots continued away from that building, but the cops knew they were the distraction in front of a span in front of CNN, and which caused the riots and stuff like that. And, and we need more advocates like Killer Mike and 
Governor uh, or Mayor Keisha Keisha Lane Bottoms to say, hey, you know, and Dr. Thompson too, uh, people to come out and say, hey, this is not right. Calm down, calm down. And it's funny because almost 60 years ago uh, in April, uh, Dr. King was assassinated. And that day, James Brown was performing uh, in Boston and kind of like Boston Tea Party, people were like rioting. And just going back to see the images of that day Dr. King died, it's eerie similar right now. Eerie. George Floyd was not, you know, he, I mean, he did advocate a lot. He did. Uh, but he wasn't nearly as, you know, pushing as Dr. King was. And James Brown just broke it down and said, hey, I can't do much for y'all, but I'm going to use my talent to make things better. And they were trying to ride with James Brown and James Brown let them come on stage and, you know, cut up and act crazy. But he was like, all right, stop. You know, I'll let you get your two minutes of fame, but I need y'all to realize who you are. Don't give them a narrative and say, and they, they make them classify you something. Like we will overcome. We will overcome. And they don't forget who you are. And that's, that's the message that I can tell everybody. Don't forget who you are. back uh, so we were having a great discussion we had a lot of people on today i think one thing that i can't answer right now and uh maybe mitch and you can fill us in too but brandon a lot of my friends uh you know hispanic and, and, and white mostly white have been asking me telling me that hey you the way you say stuff on facebook it makes me understand but my question is to you like, how can I help? How do you answer that, Brandon? Well, first of all, we uh, what we're doing right now is is helping. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't post a lot on on Facebook mainly because how people read things. And first of all, words are very powerful. You say one word, and it will affect people differently. So I don't, I don't, I don't, like I told you the other day, if I say something, I want you to hear me so I can explain it the way I need to explain it. Cause I suck at explaining things, right. but just in our own way, we need to express how we feel. You won't see me protesting. You won't, you're not going to get that energy out of me. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, me doing what I'm doing now me creating a, a video that's what that's what i'll do because i know i have full control over that you know what you see is what you get what other people can do is what mitch said listen don't do nothing extra and just support that is it like I'm in the, I'm, I'm part of news, so I'm, I understand how media works. I'm part of, I have my own business, so I know how business works. I even, I'm even a black man, so I understand how it feels during this moment. So I'm seeing things through three ways, and it is like, on the inside, I'm like, <laughs> like I said, words words pull people differently on the inside i'm like r kelly crying right now 
I'm like Michael, the Michael Jordan meme, like just emotional. Mm. I'm not good at showing emotion, but best believe that I'm feeling something. And this is my only way of letting people know how I feel. You want to know okay. how I feel about the riots? I think the riots need to stop. Uh, busting up, looting. I did see some black people uh, stealing the TV out of Target. I don't know why, they, why they're looting. I do know a lot of the looting and riots, some of the people don't even live in those cities. They just see right. the play and create a scene and you know get their little time to shine or get what they couldn't buy because they didn't get a stimulus check or their finances are hurt because we're doing, we're in a COVID situation. So they're, they're trying to get what they can because they live it short on, short on money. I understand that. But mm -hmm. like, this isn't the time and place for that. Just to sustain yourself. But I just, I would never understand the purpose of a looter stealing a television. Or I have friends who actually are in the Dallas area. They own their own shops and boutiques. They're business owners, hardworking black business owners. Right. And their, their establishments have been destroyed and completely everything's emptied out. And she sells clothes, like really, really beautiful clothes. All, everything's gone. She put her life into that and she just started in maybe two years now, just starting to really see profit. Everything's gone. And, and, and what is the purpose of you stealing a dress that does not better your life in any way whatsoever? And it only takes away from what needs to be done right now, because that's what the world will focus on. You're only adding to the distraction. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's just disheartening because it's going to make our lives harder. It's going to make our message messier. And we're going to be struggling for a whole lot longer until people realize everything matters, everybody matters. And just, just become a better person overall. Lee, what you got to say about that? So kind of, kind of back to the looting, like the, the thing about it is it's, you could say it's just a lot of bad eggs in these situations because, you know, it's all over the country. So yeah, you're going to get a lot of, of outliers of people that are taking advantage of this situ situation to, uh, to better their own selves or whatever. But you could say the same thing about the police too you know there are a lot of bad eggs there that uh, abuse their power and um disproportionately target black people over white people things like that so it's if you're saying you know okay the looting has to stop because of these few people or or say you're saying the protests have to stop because of these few people then why aren't we like targeting the system of the police that their few bad eggs have killed people. I mean, they've literally murdered people. Why aren't we doing more about that? But see, that's the, that is the issue. And the real, the deep issue is how we view the policeman. First of all, the odds of you seeing a policeman stealing something is slim. And if you did see a policeman steal something, it will not be as impactful as you would see a pedestrian, a pedestrian stealing something or a black person stealing something. You know, that sadly holds more weight. And 
the reaction of us seeing those two things as different is what we need to be tackling. You know, how we view each other during these actions needs to change. Um, I mean, the only thing that I really have um, to add is that, um, again, going back to, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but from what I've seen, um, a lot of the looting and the rioting um, has started either at the hands of law enforcement escalating and a previously peaceful protest or um, from white protesters who were there. Um, and there was one video I saw where white protesters were breaking um, the windows of a building while black protesters were yelling like, stop, don't do that. Um, and I think that it does for some reason only reflect back badly on the Black Lives Matter movement and black protesters. Right, and to me, can, can you just tell me like, what do you think that like your friends and especially your, your white friends uh, who are seeing this and they, they probably have never even thought about, you know, seeing anything like this or they probably haven't been as uh, culturally educated as you were by your mother. Uh, what can you, what advice can you tell them about how they can help you out? Like, if, would it be similar to what Mitch is saying or what, what do you think? Um, I actually have had some of my white friends ask me what they can do. Um, and what I have told all of them is if you can't get on the ground and protest, because I understand it, it can be dangerous and, um, their parents may not, may or may not allow them to do that. Um, even if you can't be on the ground, you can donate to bail funds and share links to bail funds. You can sign petitions um, and share those petitions as well. Um, you can contribute in your own way. Um, I mean, for me, I'm actually trying to find some other um, creatives, especially writers who are young and black and wanna share their thoughts on it so that I can create a compilation of um, works on our perspective on the current matter. So just using your resource, resources to the best of your ability. Wow, you know what? You, 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 you're going to go far. You're going to go far because I was not expecting the answer. I really wasn't. So what I do want to know from her is hearing, hearing what she's heard, seeing what she's seen, mm. but knowing what she knows, how oh, would she go about motivating those younger than her and those about those around her own age even, but what, what words would you have to motivate them and keep them level? and to not let their emotions run too, too rampant right now? Um, I think that the main thing I would have to say um, to others is that you can contribute in so many ways um, and no contribution is too small. Um, it matters, everything that you do matters, um, but also that you have to remember to take time for yourself. Um, you have to take care of yourself in order to further the movement or to continue to have an impact. Um, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a, a quick summon, it's a way of summing it up. Hey, we're joined back with Dr. Uh, Thompson. So Dr. Thompson, um, I texted yeah. you, you know, pre-show, um, and me and Brandon, like I said, Brandon's like my brother, you know, we're like family, and we go back and forth a lot, a lot, a lot. That's why we did the Asian culture show, uh, the discrimination mm -hmm. episode. Um, but one thing we had a discussion about last night um, fear versus precaution, mm, and there okay. there was a, there was an incident that 
we the where we worked at in our neighbor uh, our uh, news station, we had kind of like similar what happened with the McMichaels in uh, Aubrey, Ama uh, uh, Aubrey, that the community in the neighborhood we were we worked in, there were a lot of break-ins, there were a lot of things going on, but they had a private Facebook page to where they were saying, look, we don't care if the police are coming or not, we're going to take justice in our own hand. And there's a public park in that neighborhood that people go around like, you know, exercising and stuff like that. And so we did stories on the stuff. So, and Brandon just bought a brand, it was cold outside, and Brandon bought a brand new car, like span breaking, uh, it was shiny, nice, and you know, and I, I, re- I just remember this vividly. I said, Brandon, do not drive this car at night wearing your hoodie on your head. Like, don't do it. Don't do it, Brandon. Like, I'm telling you, this is like, you're just asking to get, you know, you know, and this is way before Aubrey. So I mean, it's just like, but I mean, how can we, I mean, Brandon, can you just kind of just tell her about the argument we had? I mean, it's not really an argument. It's argument but yeah you you say don't wear my 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 hoodie in my car and i'm like i'm wearing my hoodie in my car it's cold <laughs> it's 5 a.m or whatever time my car needs to warm up i'm wearing my hoodie and i understand what you're saying but right. i was telling him was that's fear you know mm-hmm me not being able to wear my own hoodie mm-hmm. I wear, wear my put my hoodie on in my own car mm-hmm. and doing that because i have a fear of getting shot or put over whatever that's 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 fear that's not being precautious that's fear and man, like i said i was saying it's precautions i'm like you know i know you can do what you want but i'm like man you know yeah but we still gotta be you know just we know how people are you know mm-hmm. like, I just want to give you your side. Like, I mean, I'm not saying who's wrong or right, but like, that's the that's the that's the conversations we're having. If you're hearing this, that's the conversations that we're having as two African American men. We mm-hmm. have this amongst our each other. And mm-hmm. like, Doctor Thompson, just 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 tell us like, how can you, what, what can you make of that? Well, so here here's my possibly unpopular response on the podcast today. Um, for Brandon it is his personal freedom for you it is fear and so for each of us we have an instinct to survive that you cannot deny you can't make yourself not have an instinct to survive and in your experience your brain has decided that to survive here are the things I need to do Brandon has decided in his brain for me to survive here the things that I need to do. And so he's operating just from a different strategy than what you are operating from. Right. Neither being better or less than the other, just different um, mm-hmm. um, strategies. I'll use just as an example, I don't know if you guys are aware, but at Fisk University, there's a bell that at the founding of the university, the sounding of the bell meant that everyone needed to take cover because it meant that um, the Klan or any kind of group like that was nearby or on the way there or that there was a threat on the campus. And so they had a bell on the campus and when any students and faculty didn't hear their bell, that would mean take cover immediately right now, right? 
Right. We visited Fisk a couple of years ago, and now when they ring the bell, it just means like they want a game or just celebrate. It means <laughs> the, the meaning of the ringing of the bell has completely changed over time. But then you ask yourself, during that, at what point did it transition from being a warning bell, meaning a bell to run for cover because of threat of life and limb, to being just a bell, just a bell that when we win a game or when something, we're celebrating something or announcing something, the bell is the same bell. It is literally the exact same bell, but the purpose and meaning and communication of what that bell means has changed over time. So I'm saying that to say that in Brandon's case, he's decided that his choice of freedom is to be who he is all day, all night. Um, I didn't hear in his response to Brandon, I asked you to you know, share, I didn't hear throwing caution to the wind. Um, I didn't hear that. I just heard him say, look, it's cold. What he said, well, it's cold. It's my car, it's my hoodie. Um, so I didn't hear him throwing caution to the wind. Um, but then, you know, at the same time, there are people who it doesn't take a hoodie. It doesn't take you being in your car in the case that um, has, you know, been the, um, the, you know, the calling card for this particular protest across the country and abroad. You know, this has gone nationwide at this point. The man was doing nothing. He had been completely subdued. And so if we were to follow the pattern of what could he have done? Nothing. There's nothing he could have done. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The only thing he could possibly have done was not be Black. And I'm okay with accepting the fact that it is fear. And it's a fear that I know I shouldn't have. And it's to me, it's... it's I don't know if something's called subconscious fear, but because I, I really, like I said, I thought it was precaution. I'm like, hey, you know, just we shouldn't have to be fearful at all. And I think that's what a lot of people are fed up with. They're 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 tired of being fearful. And, and freedom, you want freedom to just be and not be fearful. Yeah. And that's why you know I, I admire Brandon. I keep him close to my brother because he's not scared to tell you how he feels. <laughs> you know, as he, as he just said, you know, it's my car. I'm a, I, I got, I got a heater in my, you know, just, and I kind of feel not really ashamed, and I shouldn't feel guilty for feeling fearful. Right. And I right. do. Like, I, I, it, I mean, because Brandon's my, like my little brother, and I definitely don't want him, uh, Lee, or, yeah. or definitely to me, she's younger than all of us, to, to experience the things that I've experienced. Well, sure. you know, and I don't know if y'all asked her, she, um, so she was accepted to all the schools, she got all that money, and I asked her, well, I mean, tell me how you're just narrowing this down, she said, oh, I'm going to an HBCU, though, so, and her reason for an HBCU, I mean, she can probably give more depth to her response, but I suspect, based on her experience in high school, is that she is ready to not have to, like, measure herself, she's ready to just be herself all day long without adjusting and go just go for it you know just blossom um she had that experience when she was a little bitty kid she was in a private school that we teasingly called the united nations because it was very open to all walks of life all cultures and 
I mean, just it was just a very open and welcoming environment. Um, and I think she's, I and I can let her, you know, she's here, she can speak for herself. Her being at the school that she's in, that she was just graduated from being in that school district, it is not the same. And there was a student who wore his Confederate shirt every day, every day to school. And several students. Yeah, several students. And I remember her telling me that, me thinking, the school I went to, the neighborhood I grew up in, I, I don't know if he, it would have been the equivalent of what you're telling Brandon. You might not want to wear that Confederate shirt in the, na the neighborhood I grew up in. You might not want to wear your, your Confederate shirt down the street. But at her school, that was normal. And so if he's doing that, then how does the student who is, you know, uncomfortable about it, how do they gauge their sense of threat? And I feel like that adjustment is not fair. Like, it's not fair that you feel fear about having your hoodie on in a car driving a certain vehicle. But, I mean, who among us doesn't have a story about being pulled over or know someone who has a story about being pulled over? And we all know those traffic stops can easily escalate, even if all you were caught doing was being Black. And that's something that we, that's what, that's why uh, it's injustices like this and situations like this. Mm -hmm. That's why people are, protesting that's why people are right. uh angrily uh yeah and stuff you like actually that. should be able to be black and be guilty and still just be taken in just regular i mean you should be able to be black caught doing a crime that you actually were doing and just plain old vanilla just get arrested and go to jail that should be true you know but that is not the case you just i mean what the I mean, the list is long people just sitting caught sitting doing nothing <laughs> being black um, the girl who was in her college dorm downstairs sleeping, should she not sleep in public in her dorm, black? That was her only crime. I mean, you should be able to just be yourself. And even if you're doing something wrong, you should be treated like the other people who are doing something wrong. And you should be able to just be arrested, cuffed, taken through due process. So I guess that's kind of what I'm saying is I get your fear because you already know that that is sim We wouldn't have a protest going on if that was the case. You know, right. that, so your fear is aligned with facts and his willingness to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to have my freedom. I mean, his whole Harriet Tubman movement with the hoodie, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to be free. <laughs> be I mean, that should not be a Harriet Tubman move. Right. <laughs> a regular... I want to wear a sweater, I want to wear a hoodie versus, okay, here we go. You know, that's part of, I think, the, the point of the protest is that you should have a right to make choices just because you're a human being and not have to adjust your choices because of unjust acts that could be committed against you. I and think it's, we have to feel about the victim blaming, you know? Yeah, and it's hypocritical because that's what our constitution is based on. Right. Supposedly written on, right. and I think that people are mad. Uh, so, Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for just being on the show and uh, you know telling us all this information. So, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for uh, just you know you know just raising just children like Tamia. Like, wow, we wasn't really uh, expecting her, but thank you so much for lending her to us. And uh, like I said, once again, we want to extend you to come back on the show uh, if you don't mind one, one day. Okay. You know, I'm a fan. I like what y'all are doing. Y'all, I'll come back anytime. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Thompson. All right. You take care.
Okay, that I don't know about y'all, but I'm stressed out. <laughs> I should I shouldn't be stressed out, but I am stressed out. Uh, just letting all this out. And like I told y'all, listening right now, uh, we didn't produce this. This is all just asking people, hey, can you want to come talk to us? And we just kind of ran with it. Uh, so I definitely thank all y'all for being on the show today. Uh, definitely thank you to uh, all y'all, uh, especially Brandon, who is our producer, Lee, who is best, definitely like our, our brainchild of all of this. But uh, I want to end the show kind of talking about, uh, to me as an article, uh, what does freedom mean to me? You know, and I'm going to go around asking y'all this question and I ask you all this question too at home. But to me, uh, just, just, just tell us in your article, what does freedom mean to you now that you've written that four years ago, but uh, just take us back to the, what we were thinking then and kind of tell us what it means to you now and to then, then to now. Well, I guess for some background, um, I actually wrote that as part of, um, uh, that was the first actually scholarship competition I submitted to, um, that I submitted any of my work to. Um, and it was the Patriots Pen uh, scholarship competition for middle school students my eighth grade year. And that was the prompt is what freedom means to me. And I, my mom can attest to this, I spent days trying to decide what I would write about because I wanted to be honest, but I also wanted to win. And she told me that her advice to me was, if it's ingenuine, it's not going to be as good. So I sat and I thought, I asked myself, what does freedom mean to me? And I came to the conclusion that to me, freedom is everybody being free to express themselves and to live their lives the way that they choose. And for me, at the time being 13 in middle school, black um, in a predominantly Hispanic and white area, going to at the time a predominantly white school, um, I just sat and thought back um, on all my experiences where I felt like I did not have freedom or that my freedom was being challenged. And um, I mentioned a few specific incidents in there, but there were also several that I didn't um, mention that were um, definitely formative for me. Um, I know one that I did mention was um, in, and I, in the uh, article, I do kind of break it up by, I guess you could say my identities. So mm -hmm. as a young girl and then as a female and as a black female, um, but speaking from just a female perspective, being taught that in order to have value, I need to be quiet, be seen and not heard. And to me today, I feel like that's kind of one that has remained the same, um, that the idea of having freedom in terms of me being allowed to speak um, and to voice my opinion on, on whatever I have an opinion about um, has remained important to me, um, especially throughout high school. Um, and some of the experiences I've had with my teachers or with administrators um, and seeing injustices going on even at my own school um, and feeling like I wasn't free to speak up the way that I wanted to um, and then choosing to speak up anyway. Okay. And that's powerful. Uh, like, Trust me, I know I'm an older guy, but sometimes I speak to younger people and I'm just thinking that they don't have it together. And my sister, 
you have it. You have it together. And uh, your mom said it best. Let, let the young youth lead the way. And just, I'm blown away uh, by your answers on the show today. So uh, thank you uh, for telling us. And we'll have a link to her our article here too. Uh, but next I'm gonna go with, uh, with Lee. What does freedom mean to you? Honestly, I think freedom is something we're still trying to figure out. Like right now, I feel like we're we're currently like trapped in a world that's pretty much owned by, you know, corporations and lobbyists and what have you. And like the what we're going through right now, it's because, you know, police aren't public servants. They're they work for the rich. They work for the corporations. I mean, how often do you as an individual person go up to a police to, you know, ask them for something? That's, that's not really what they're there for anymore. That's, that's the idea that they're there for, but that's not really the truth of it. And I think until we actually figure out the system and to get away from the corporations and stuff that basically own us, because, you know, if, if you're, you know, below that poverty line, you're, you're probably trapped at, you know, a job at one of those places, you know, you're probably an Amazon worker, you're stuck, you know, working at McDonald's, because that's the only job you can find. And until, you know, we do things about that, we're, we're trapped, we're not free. Right. Well, thank you for your answer, Lee, and I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, Christina, uh, you know, we, we discussed that you are a you serve for this country and you, you kind of, you know, just it's heavy for you to even just think about all this. But, you know, uh, you as a service, former service member, uh, what does freedom mean to you? Having, having the ability to be yourself, having, having your own visibility and your own individuality, being able to not have to be concerned for your loved ones beyond normal reasons, you know, um, as a black female who will eventually become a black mother at some point way in the future. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have to have fears for, for, for children I don't even have yet and wondering, will they be okay in the front yard? Will they be okay in high school? Will they be okay as an adult even after I'm gone? I want my, my freedom to be me having and knowing that I have a right to what I own and worked hard to get without someone always trying to discredit it in some way. I think that's pretty much as simple as I can make it. It's just, just being able to be who I am, successful or not, without the world having something to say about it or having to make an excuse for it. Wow, that's deep, that's real deep. Wow, Mitch, I don't know how you can top that. <laughs> uh, Mitch, uh, what does freedom mean to you? Oh yeah, there's definitely no way I can top that. Um, and I think also um, going back to the discussion between you and Brandon, I mean, freedom is essentially, you know, in my mind, the freedom to not be worried about what you have to wear, like a hoodie or sitting in your car. Um, you know, I can't really say 
very much more than, than you guys have already said. Um, I think freedom for me personally is the freedom to do whatever I want as long as it doesn't hurt somebody, you know, and like the freedom to be yourself, freedom to wear whatever you want, say what you want and not be afraid that you're going to be attacked or thrown in prison or killed um, for expressing yourself. All right, Mitch, thank you so much, man. Um, Brandon, uh, what is freedom? I know that you and I are like brothers, man, and we have differences of opinion. That's okay. Uh, first off, I'm going to tell you, man, I love you. love all y'all, but Brandon, you've been my backbone, a lot of stuff, man, and just to know that we have to have these types of conversations. Uh, I hate it, but I, I want to just ask you, man, what is uh, freedom means to you? That's a deep question. And I think the only way I personally can answer that in my own way is freedom for me is not having to ask myself, am I free? That's as simple as I can get. If I have to think or ask myself, am I free? Then I'm not free. When I don't have to do, do that anymore, then I am purely free. All right. Well, definitely want to thank all y'all uh, for coming on the show. I would definitely uh, thank Lee, uh, my co-creator, Brandon. Uh, we, we want to thank you all, uh, Mitch and Christina, and Tamia, for, uh, Dr. Thompson, too, for coming on the show. Uh, and we want to extend it so y'all come back on the show anytime y'all want to. Uh, uh, definitely thank y'all. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me. And again, thank you for inviting me back. I always enjoy speaking with you guys. I'm always very proud of you. And again, uh, congratulations. And I wish you only the best from this yeah. point on, even though you don't need mine to me. <laughs> you really do <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And I will, I'm going to have to figure out how to send you a, a flower arrangement or something. I'm just, <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love her. And we, uh, we'll give all the information to you all. Uh, uh, we, we'll send a link to Tamia's work uh, in the link below. So make sure you follow her. Uh, I'm going to wrap the show up uh, with answering the question that I asked all the panelists, uh, what does freedom mean to me? Uh, people criticize President Obama a lot. And it was a point in time in this country that we saw change. And he, he didn't have a record. He wasn't he didn't have a mistress. Uh, he got criticized a lot, but, and people often say, well, you only voted for him because of his skin color. Uh, that could be true to so many areas. Uh, one of the reasons I did vote for Obama was because it was my first election being an 18 year old. The next part was my grandmother. My last name, her last name was the same. Her name starts with a B, mine starts with a C. And it was the most humbling experience to be in line voting for her for the first black president right behind her to see my name next to her name on the voting list. And this woman actually picked cotton in the cotton field. She didn't have a, she lived through a lifetime to where they didn't want her to vote because she was black. Then she couldn't vote because she was a woman. And here it was for her to cast her vote for a black president. 
that vote for me meant more to my grandma than anything. And whether you agree with his policies or whatever in the past, it was a moment of change that our country needed to see. Just a glimmer of equality, a glimmer of what Dr. King was trying to say, just a glimmer of what change could be in this country. I used to say that I used to get so upset watching the presidential address, speaking to the house and see the camera pan over and set up a little sea of white and maybe a speck of black politicians and uh, people of, uh, in leadership, government officials. And you just, I would always try to see if I see any Hispanic, black or anybody in the crowd that looked different or looked just like me, but there wasn't, it's was a sea of white. But now that I see this protesting going on, though it's some, we're not oblivious that some of this is wrong, we know it is. But what can you do to somebody who's not being hurt? You have to sympathize with them at some point. Hug them, talk to them. But it does my soul great to know that not seeing a sea of black or Hispanic or Asian in that room for those government officials, makes my heart happy to look into these protest crowds, not to not just see a sea of black people, to see a sea of other cultures coming together because they are equally frustrated. We're all frustrated. We won't change. So we're gonna end the question, end the show with a question as we did at our last show. What will you do we complain on Facebook. We try to counter-argue what people are going against. Or will you take the time out to do what everybody on this show has said? Listen. Understand. And if you can do it, they can do it. And they can do it. And they can do it. If you plant a seed, it will grow. And we need to be positive and plant this positive seed of change so we can branch out and be what our constitution says it is and stop living this hypocrisy. Thank y'all so much for joining the show. And we want to continue the conversation. Make sure you can follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Straight Up Show it's more specifically straight up show Shreveport until then it's only one rule to the show that is you have to be straight up <laughs>